0: Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Waiting to be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FXHash. My name is Will and I'm joined by Trinity. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of FX Hash. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is just for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign, to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week, or for those who prefer a visual language, on Instagram at Waiting to be Signed. And of course, if you are feeling generous, we are always accepting donations, including tokens at our Tez wallet address, wtbs.tez, or our ETH wallet address, wtbs.eth. The best way you can support the show each week is by collecting the FX text article that accompanies each episode. It's a great way to follow along with all the art, links, references, everything we discuss It's going to be in that article, so you can see what we're talking about. And uh, we got a ton of support this week, Trinity. We released our collab with Thomas Noya, and it was a pretty big hit.
1: I loved to see it classically. It was so much fun. It was so good. (laughs) It was just seeing the support come in from the people as it minted out over the course of a few hours was just insane and absurd.
0: I think we knew that people would mint it and want to support us. And we knew that there are people who are fans of Thomas and would want to collect because of his involvement. I don't think we anticipated that it would be so meme-worthy and like the amount that people would be sharing on social media and tagging us and getting out there. Like, I don't think we had have had a day yet in the history of the show where we got that much Twitter engagement. <laughs> it was crazy. No.
1: And what? We're up plus five followers, I think.
0: Well, um, it's about the mentions column on my tweet yes, deck was like yes, insane. It's insane. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. We'd also been sharing works in progress, not the visual ones, but just some of the the nonsensical strings that had been mm-hmm. coming out over the last couple of months. And my interpretation that people were a little bit like, what the hell is this? Come on, guys, why are you being so weird? Yeah. But now that it's in context to an entire collection with sick visuals that you know, Thomas has also done, the meme really came out full force. And people were like, oh, okay, we get it. This is great. But having that extra context um, and just being couched within like a project and project description and everything and everything that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, I think that was so key.
0: It felt really good. You know, I'm sure people who have listened to the last few episodes could sense my ambivalence and concern over like whether or not people would show up considering how down the market was. So that was especially great and awesome to see people like also buying on a secondary it was the third highest volume project when you look at new projects from the last week, which was like really cool to see people not just mint them, but then get on the secondary market and find ones that they really like and add those to their collection. Should we shout out some of the top collectors here and just give them thanks? Or do you want to save it for when we
1: We can shout out the top, top collectors here, even though I think one of them is an anonymous wallet, which is a little bit awkward?
0: Yeah, I don't know who that one is. There wasn't a an non wallet just a tez address that collected 18 of them which is awesome thank you and then ob.tez and egs5000 each were going back and forth between minting and collecting them on the secondary ob right now holds 30 egs has 22 that's just an amazing amount of support thank you so much and uh the man zancan minted 10 and bought one on the secondary so he's got 11 across his wallets and then a bunch of friends of the show revdan cat lamond Jamie from Verse, Horndog, Jerez, Klaus Wilke, Roxanne, Andrew Bell, Matt W, all have four or more in the collection, along with a few other Anon wallets. So just great to see people supporting us and enjoying the project so much.
1: Love is real, y'all.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the project, I guess, later in the show, because it is, I guess, we're talking a little bit more about some of the things we did with it. So we should just jump straight into the news, Trinity.
1: Yes, the bit most important piece of news is that on the same day that text released, our interview with Roxanne also dropped, uh, so it was a really big day for us. Definitely go check that out if you haven't already. You're too busy uh, minting our tokens to actually go through and listen. It was a really fun interview, and we learned a lot about his history, a lot about his process with art, and you know where he's going now that he's a full-time artist, so don't forget to check that one out. It's a banger, as they say.
0: It was very cool to hear him talk about the transition to physical stuff and like he had this big painting in the background that he's working on. It's like, okay, that's cool. It's great to see people finding their start in NFTs and then continue to pursue art in all different mediums. We also updated our logo in Spotify and on the the podcast apps. We took one that you
1: made. Yeah, it's just a very simple graphic design. We still haven't updated the ones that we'll be using for social media. It doesn't quite translate well to like the little... Fifty by fifty pixel square. So we'll we'll yeah. keep an eye out for how to maybe make that a little bit better. But yeah, shout out and thank you to Mac and Bosch for releasing the Express Yourself project. A lot of people have been expressing themselves very fruitfully yeah. within the parametric space that that one provides, and it also enabled us to actually put something together with no actual skill.
0: I had a lot of fun playing with it you minted a lot more tickets. I only had the one and you came up with some really, really great treatments, like different styles of things. But yeah, we do need something that's small, probably something that's just the letters, right? Like WTBS only, or even just like a stylized W that somehow communicates the podcast. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's a whole other challenge is how to make something that works small. But I love the one you came up with. It feels like it could be used on shirts or on tote bags or anything if we ever pursued um, merch in the future.
1: Thanks for that, man. Uh, no, I'm working really nice. on some options for a simplified logo. Right now, it's just working to bring in the texture that's on the letters. I got the textured mm-hmm. background okay, but masking is something that's just beyond my, <laughs> my skill right now. We'll figure it out. I'll ask Claire. I'll ask my design team at work, even <laughs> though I'm on leave. They're always on hand to help out.
0: Awesome. It's a long overdue upgrade. The original logo was just made in one day using the tools that Anchor basically provided. And it's nice to have something custom. So thank you for working on that. On the FX hash side, platform side, updates, I guess the biggest thing this week was some more of the updates that they made with params to accommodate Zancan's drop and also with offers. So where do you want to start?
1: Well, let's go with the offers. It's a very minor update for the most part. It used to be that when you're on your offers dashboard page for your received offers, you would just see a list of literally every offer that was there, including those uh, one TES flyers on your garden monolith That is just (laughs) absolute rubbish and bullshit. But now you have the ability to, through a simple slider mechanism, filter out all the offers that are below a certain threshold of the floor price. So definitely a really big quality of life increase. There's still a long way to go I think on getting the collection offers up and really ready for collectors to use them in full earnestness, but baby steps.
0: I've enjoyed this. I've set my slider at 60%, which I feel hides a lot of the really bad offers on some projects. Maybe if, and if I need some liquidity, I might be willing to go 30 to 40% below floor. If it's something that I'm thinking of selling anyways, and that ability to click accept and immediately get the Tez. So that's kind of where I've set it for now. And then there's some projects that are showing up where I'm like, oh shit, 100 Tez for an ode to random is only 40% below floor. (laughs) You know, there's there's some interesting (laughs) surprises there. Also, surprised to see people still offering on here and now tokens, considering that you could accidentally buy one that's been spent.
1: They're looking, I think, to their other utility for that. Like they want to get the um, portal, right?
0: The portal. So, do you think ethically it's okay for me to take? Yes. Okay, I might yes. just do that then. People cool. have been
1: buying them for higher than that though, so.
0: Okay, I just don't want to be perceived as like ripping someone off, but I assume if they're if you're making an offer, you know the risks you're taking.
1: Yeah, I wish there was more as filtering and sorting, even within just this quick table construct, mm-hmm. because 40% of floor is, you know, really big difference if you're talking about something that is a thousand tes or is it something that's five. You know what I mean? So definitely, you're kind yeah, of filtering yeah. out some of the, like the lowball stuff. But I, at that point, those people should probably just be, you know, buying the floor anyway.
0: Yeah, it is a little bit funny to see people offering on like um, Ataraxis from Liam Egan why are you offering that to me at 40% below floor when you could just buy the floor? So yeah, that's a little strange.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you get this on object, but there's this one person who's been spamming with offers for um, this one heavy editioned release called Sequence Rust, which was just airdropped to all sequence holders. The floor is about three and a half tes and there's this one Mm -hmm. person who keeps like an absolute psychopath putting out offers at 1.1 1.11 1.12 1.1 1. 1.11 1.12 1, 1. 1, just slowly yeah. going up the offer train i did check their wallet and they only have two tes in their wallet which is why they're probably putting out offers rather than just buying it but
0: <laughs> i don't know if it was to that person but because of that getting spammed so much i actually did just like sell my sequence rust because i was like i just don't want to get these notifications anymore and <laughs> it's just an system works be- yeah the system works so they got me they wore me down the other thing uh, some of these updates they made to params for ZanCan, the ability to do these, what you see is what you get, locking in your final output, which of course was like kind of technically there through the way that Dan Cat did his YYY seed drop with the danger seed. But now they formalized it within the system so you don't have to get cute with it. On top of that, they added seed saving, which is huge. The ability to yeah. play with the params, come back with it, not feel like this, oh, like I didn't capture it. So I've been saving some seeds there. What was the other big feature? Oh, like kind of sort of copyment protection?
1: So how does that work? Because I saw that that came through, but I'm not quite sure. Is it preventing you from putting in the same seed as somebody else? Because if everything is manually in there, oh, it's the user seed. Like your seed is modified by you as a user.
0: By your wallet. So there's something, I guess, that the system is pulling from the wallet you're using to make sure that we put in identical parameters. Ours would look a little bit different. I guess. Although interestingly, it doesn't prevent you from self duplicating. And we actually saw someone intentionally or not made many, many very similar pieces trying to get presumably like a rare background output. But it's kind of strange that you would end up with like a literal dupe in the process of doing that.
1: It's based off of us parameters that are locked rather than just guidelines and your hash as, or something about your wallet, then it's obviously very technically doable. But yeah, I guess it's the return of batch minting in a weird way, or I guess a duplicate minting.
0: So to me this was interesting because I feel like it's really out of the spirit of FX hash to like allow someone intentionally or not to make a dupe in a long form project like this.
1: I think it's just really hard to put the technical limitations in there to prevent that, right? You would have to like orchestrate and engineer a whole big platform change around that in order to prevent that one dumbass from being a dumbass, right? And it doesn't actually impact anybody else. It really impacts them. And so there are so many other things that I would build before building that.
0: If I were on the hash team, I would be like, okay, the first product that's going to use this is going to be Zancan. The bottom tier of the DA was 400 Tez. Assuming if it even goes to the bottom, is someone gonna mint like ten tickets and just like risk making dupes for that price? I mean, I would just I would just assume that the individual would safeguard themselves against doing that because it's so Yeah. It's a cell phone. Right? It can <laughs> right? be user
1: that? error. Like I accidentally minted the same express yourself twice. I thought I invented Mm -hmm. another one, but when you're working with multiple tickets and you have multiple tabs open, I kind of wrecked myself in that way. Granted, it was on a one test ticket (laughs) rather than a 500 test ticket. But yeah, I think that parameters are really coming along. We've talked about this in past weeks, but some of the, the quick updates that they've been making have felt meaningful and just like they've been listening and not just letting this really big feature languish.
0: It's great to see. The person who did that self-duping was someone who I think had done no other collecting on FX Hash. It was like a new wallet. And on the same day that that project came out, the Zancan Discord spun up. I didn't get in there yet, but I heard some secondary reports from people who were in there that it was just like, there was a good chunk of ETH people in there who were salivating over the quick flip opportunity that they thought this might present, which is pretty interesting because in order to flip it, you have to like mint the ticket. You can't just flip the tickets at least yet. I wonder if that's something that they would like look into for the future, but- you can't just like flip your ticket until after the 10 day grace period's over. So there were some people who minted and then immediately were just like jamming mints, probably not thinking too much about it, just so that they could be the first on the market. And this person was definitely listing shortly after it minted out.
1: And if people aren't paying attention and they're doing their due diligence and just listing one of these dupes at a time, then it's definitely possible for somebody to get in on that in a way. I think, unfortunately, for that person who did the batch and was trying to list, I think they rolled green three times. And I think green has been, qualitatively speaking, the least performant Mm -hmm. color. But, you know, it's green at Zancan.
0: Hey, I think it looks great. Yeah.
1: Maybe with the parameters that you're using. On the parameters that I'm using, I just tried getting green.
0: Are you leaning more towards the white or the paper, like the sketchbook?
1: Yeah. I'll still probably end up going random. And we'll talk about this more when we're actually in the carbon seed. Yeah. okay we'll we'll save it
0: last thing then did you see this week Ganbrood released a long-form generative ai project on a eth platform called OKAI, which is i guess is a subsection of a platform called k011 the gate vast gallery yes i thought this was interesting because it was on chain which is cool so i assume that the entire image is stored on chain there i'm actually not sure if MProps is fully on chain it probably could or
1: It's not. It's IPFS for sure. Okay. The prompt is also stored on chain with the Gambrood.
0: Yeah. Thematically, I thought this was really cool. I saw a lot of people talking about it. So I clicked through and the reason I wanted to mention it was to kind of give props to the MProps team for how much work they put into doing these long form projects. Because when I look at this, I just see virtual duplicates. I just see so many pieces that look the same. It looks like there's five or six different archetypes that you can get. Sometimes it's like very spot the difference, difficult to find them.
1: You wouldn't really spot the difference looking at the thumbnails, but you definitely can once you're looking at them bigger.
0: What do you think about this? I mean, I I don't know if you looked at it before this morning, but it's kind of like, it feels like an oversight to me, or it feels like there was some limitation behind the scenes and they're Doing their best. Maybe the on chainness of it is what's limiting it and making them so samey?
1: Well, or maybe it has more to do with the engine. The M Props engine is like pretty serious. There's a ton of work that's been put into it, a lot of thought from multiple people who are really deep in the weeds on both the coding side, the art side, and the AI side. So I just don't know about what was the development process behind this, both as a underlying engine from like the KFAS gallery perspective and also what was the process for creating the work. I'm sure that there's information out there um, that goes into it. I haven't seen it. Granted, I haven't really looked for it, but yeah, it does really speak to the strength of MProps overall. It's a shame because I love Gambard's work understandably one of the most revered AI artists out there right now.
0: I love the theme of this. I love the individual outputs. It's just when I'm looking at them in the context of this is supposed to be a generative long-form collection, I'm just thinking of some other projects that we've criticized in the past where it just feels like this was a project that should have been addition to work. Looking at the way it came out, I don't know why this wasn't just an addition to project other than for the sake of saying, oh, it's long-form generative AI. Mm Mm-hmm. But maybe we'll cut all that because it's, this was more just to highlight like how cool the improv stuff, I think, has been.
1: Individually, if you look at each of these pieces, they're really cool looking. And they're very much within the Gambard style. I think that, if anything, it feels worse just because of like the pseudo-duplicates. But obviously, for buying, like, hey, here's a 15 edition work by Gambard, like, 14 other people have the exact same thing, right? Yeah. From that perspective, you know, it is technically a one-of-one.
0: It is technically one-of-one. It just doesn't feel meaningful
1: in comparison to props.
0: yeah when you just look at the diversity they get across 500 to a thousand pieces which is what they've done so far with their releases i mean even just looking at like numbers one four and five it's immediately apparent these three all rolled from the same seed image and the whatever parameters they're using within their ai model is like keeping it very very close to the initial seed and has it doesn't look like it has very much wiggle room and i, yeah. I get it right like because if you're If you're a and you've never done generative work before and you want to make sure that the final pieces are really good or close to your vision, like you kind of have to do it this way. But then I think that asks the question like, well, then why are you doing it long form? Why are you doing it generative? If you want to maintain so much tight control over the final outputs, just stick to addition to work.
1: But if this had come out before M props, does that change the math on it?
0: I don't know. I think I would have the same criticism. I would say, why do it this way?
1: It's new and novel. It's experimental.
0: It just feels like marketing <laughs> to me. It feels like someone said, like, let's do a long-form piece with you and market it like that without really thinking about what it means to do long-form drops. And it was just also weird to me to see people like really celebrating it and getting hyped about it other than... Gambrood. Yeah. And it was cheap. You could have gotten one for 0.11 ETH. It went to the resting price. And that's very inexpensive for a technical one-of-one, I guess. We'll see if that stays in.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Do you want to do donations? (laughs)
1: I'll do donations really quickly and then we'll get more into the topics and trends of the week. First of all, huge shout out for everybody who collected the article last week. There was a really huge movement thanks to the momentum from NFT NYC. Thank you. We love you. Again, thank you to everybody who minted our token. This has been an amazing week for us. And then we also got some donations as well. From Mechno, we received Express Yourself. From Joao Pescada, Disdain33 from espresso, All That Could Be, and from Gibberish Umbra, Ionosphere Stairwell. All in all, a good week.
0: Great week. It was awesome to see Zancan buying the article at 64 Fortez.
1: <laughs> oh, absolute shout out there.
0: Yeah, we love to see that. More of that from anyone. If you love an episode, you can always pay a little bit more for the articles. All right, so let's jump into some of the trends this week. I guess this is a return to a trend, which is catching up on first and art blocks drops because this is where all of our favorite FX-hash artists seem to still be dropping right now. Minus the Zancan drop that came to the platform this week, of course, and our project with Thomas. A lot of the big heavy hitters are continuing to release on the ETH side on these other platforms. Do you want to start with Art Blocks? We have two very similar Art Blocks drops. Similar? Similar because they're both like
1: space-themed. I don't know. Thematically similar, yes.
0: Solar Transit by Robert Hodgins was... On the curated side, that came out the same week as NFT NYC. And then this week, Voyager from Disrupted Star, thematically very similar. So it's interesting that they came out back to back.
1: And I think it's also interesting that they kind of both play on, if not similar themes, like similar looks and feels that we saw from FX Hash projects in the past. Yeah. Obviously, Solar Transits is incredibly different from Holland's. But when it comes to the use of I think, these central figures that have glowy outbursts radiating from the center. There's definitely, I think, maybe a technical overlap with what was done there. Obviously, this is taken to a completely different level, and aesthetically, they're very different.
0: Mm -hmm. Even some of them remind me of like Growth V1. Mm -hmm. You could roll the circles in Growth V1, and then the little tendrils of color would come out around them. For this one, I really love the story of it. Witnessing this transit in June of 2012 very accidentally, right? Just happened to be there. So... Very cool project, but it went out at the bottom tier. This is kind of the reason that we didn't want to drop our token last week, right? Because everyone is like out for NFT NYC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that was part of the reason, because a lot of these outputs are really stunning.
1: They really are. I mean, I think that it's just when you have a ton of people in live events and sitting on panels and meeting in person for the first time, it definitely makes it a little bit harder to mint, especially if you're minting from a ledger or something like that. But it's pretty radical. And you know, even down to the loading image, I would say. When you click in, it has that same Eclipse theme that is actually part of the project itself.
0: Yeah, it's really nice. There's a lot actually available below Mint, which is a really cheap entry point for anyone who's interested in this project. I see a handful under point two. It went out the bottom tier. It seems like the smaller formats tend to be the ones that people are trying to floor in favor of some of these bigger ones that have a lot more going on.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking at number 184. It's so killer. Compared to all the other ones that I've seen. It's actually just barely above 4 at 0.32.
0: Oh, that's really nice.
1: It's so dramatically different from all the other outputs. It's insane.
0: This one has an event called Alignment. And it's more of like a mid-morning sky color. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm.
1: All the other ones are more like the red themes, the blacks, the browns. Like This is way more celestial. It feels almost angelic in the way that it comes across.
0: There's these awesome outlier ones like just looking through... Number twenty nine looks so radically different from a lot of what I'm seeing. It's listed for one point six ETH. I almost wonder like why there's so many of these just like single eclipse in a dark sky.
1: Because mm-hmm. this is something that we've talked about before. There's this you know desire to make the really cool ones more rare, but really you know it should be the other way around. That the ones that people are really excited to have should be slightly more common and it kind of amplifies some of like the more subtle pieces like if the typical one that is like barely eclipsed is really rare then it feels super cool and really special you know people would be chasing like that minimal factor
0: versus flooring it which is what they're doing right now yeah either way it sold out awesome project from robert this wasn't his first art blocks piece either but it was the first for disrupted star We've been talking about Disrupted Star for over a year, back when he was going by tidally <laughs>
1: Disrupted. Disrupted. Star, yeah.
0: <laughs> this one reminds me a bit of the um, Yasek collab with Tender, but that one was very Earth-focused. This is like more mm-hmm. space-focused. You get a lot more like stars and celestial objects. It's really, really cool.
1: It actually also reminds me, I think, in the texture and the palette and the way that everything works of the Michael Hartman series.
0: The Lost in Space series.
1: <laughs> in Search of a New Home, something like that.
0: Yeah. There's some really weird outliers in here too, like number 232, which I wonder what the theme of this is supposed to be. Oh, gravitational waves. So that makes sense. It's kind of showing you a different hypothetical view of space. This one just really stood out to me as I was flipping through as like being a an interesting variation. I'm loving these a lot. And I feel like this is a great step for Disruptive Star to get over here on our blocks. And this one sold out just above floor at 016 and let's see what the floor is right now. Oh, it's also hovering right around Mint Price. So
1: I think that's kind of what we expect for some of these Art Blocks Presents projects for the most part. Yeah.
0: I guess that's kind of been the theme of Art Blocks recently from listening to other shows. Mm-hmm. Projects are having a hard time.
1: Unless it's cargo or perk work.
0: Well, cargo has been coming down. I've been watching it.
1: <laughs> What's the current floor?
0: Back under 1E. It was up above it. Oh, okay. Um, for a I mean,
1: it took a long time for it to kind of jump up like that. It's been a lot of time around mint, um, or around point three point four. So pretty huge. Just looking through Disrupted Stars' work that they've produced on FX Hash under all of their monikers, they've come a very long way from in the woods. Right, <laughs> <in> Joy Division. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it still is a logical extension, right? Because a lot of their earliest stuff was physics inspired mm-hmm. and then they got into this like more sci-fi realism stuff with cables and clouds right and so this mm-hmm. feels like they're still drawing on a lot of the themes that they like to explore
1: it was also really insane just going to put that out there like people were making diptychs between their cables and clouds and voyager sandcat was able to identify like here are these two ufos that are the same in each of these particular images is it the same
0: you can definitely see the similarity in some of the the way the particles yeah. come in All right, should we jump over to verse
1: yeah and, you know, I think with that theme of people who would normally be releasing on FX Hash are now re- releasing on Verse, which I think that was our, one of our 2023 trends, right? Yeah. Wow, a lot of people are releasing on Verse.
0: Yeah, we have MJ Lindo, Carta, Lunarian, Ivona Tau, Matt Perkins, who's new to so the first time he's releasing under his real name, and Florian Zumbron, amongst others, who released as part of this Probably All in the Mind exhibition Some of these are still mintable. Most of these went pretty low edition count. The highest was Matt with 200 editions, but really, really low editions, like Lindo, 65 editions, Lunarian, only 48, Ivona 40. Hers was a curated set. Florian, 50 editions, and looks like his was curated as well.
1: I have to wonder what the story is behind these low edition counts, because I know that if you are a platform looking to sustain, having the slightly higher editions, especially if your user base can support it, it's huge. And especially yeah. since a lot of you people collecting are FX hash collectors who are coming over to Verse and paying through different payment methods. It's an interesting choice.
0: It looks like some of these have kind of stalled out. So like Florian went for 50 editions, 300. Only 10 of them have sold. Ivona's 40 editions for 400, 16 have sold. So some of the more low edition, higher price combinations are just not moving. I mean, these are price points that are really just hard to get.
1: Four hundred right for Ivona, right? Yeah, like that's obviously like small potatoes compared to her AI work that would be normally auctioned off, right? But compared to what people are paying for her work on FX Hash, it's pretty big. Yeah. But I like these asynchronous response.
0: I like these more like than anything that she's done on FX Hash for sure. And yeah. I think we we benefit from the curated nature of these outputs. Right? It's like she's picking the 40 best here and i like the combination of like neon and they're more like some of her subject matter that she does in her one-of-one stuff Mm -hmm. or addition work but yeah 400 is just really (laughs) it's really tough really tough to ask for right now yeah are there any of these that like are your are your favorites like i think the biggest success story is probably matt's drop which sold 200 at 200 and has a floor that's almost double mint
1: That was really surprising, and like this is no shade on Matt at all, but given the context of the rest of these, just being so high additions, it's the highest by double, and at one of the higher price points, at 200 it felt ambitious, but he did it, and I think a lot of that has to do with the absolute house of a job he's been doing by promoting the work on Twitter and just posting works in progress almost daily or multiple times a day over the last six plus months.
0: It is an evolution, right, of some of the work he's done. FX Hash. It is such a phenomenal step forward from all the tree stuff going back to Orchard and all of his earliest forays into this impressionistic style. We talked to him quite a bit about like why he pursues the style, and, like what he likes about it, on our interview with him. And it's just so taken to the next level with this piece. You know, initially I was kind of like, oh no, he's like doing another tree. We're doing forests again. But here in this case, it does feel like such a sufficient step forward, like such an advancement. The outputs are amazing. like These are truly ones that are hard to believe are code <laughs> when you look at some of them.
1: He also put in the ability to render at different levels of detail. I, I, he doesn't have the exact wording in the description. But when you play with some of those parameters once you're in live view, it's the same base image, but it looks really, really different. It could be more detailed or smudgier because it has to do with how like the brushes are rendering. It's pretty interesting. Uh, There was a really good tweet by somebody, which I'll put in the show notes that kind of went through like the four different outputs that they got by messing with how it renders.
0: I know that in our looking ahead section, we actually have more verse stuff coming out this month, but like, how are you feeling about the preponderance of artists who are opting into dropping on these other platforms Especially considering like how much of a drought we've been on FX Hash. What's your gut right now on all of this?
1: I think it's fine for artists to be experimenting with different platforms. I'm never going to get mad at people for doing that. I think the more interesting angle is less about what the artists are choosing to do and how collectors are responding. Cause obviously we'll follow these artists almost everywhere. But I think that my take on the verse phenomenon is a little bit different from what it was when we were first talking about this you know, however many months ago, which was, I think, around the time of Cosmic Rays by Melissa. Mm-hmm. It's a different liquidity pool. It's people who are pulling in from ETH, the USDC credit card, and not their existing stack of Tes, because that was before they had Tes Payments Incorporated. But I think that people are starting to understand that they have their art budget a little bit more. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that just because you can't spew a thousand dollars with credit card payments into Verse doesn't mean that you should. And so I think that liquidity is being like slightly constrained.
0: I feel like Verse is pulling a lot from the FX Hash community because of the artists they're choosing to exhibit. I'm sure they are getting some people from outside of FX Hash over who are seeing this stuff and liking the art. And from the east side, from the art block side, maybe I feel like it's part of the theme of slowing down for a lot of these artists and being more intentional with their releases. And it makes me think of like the interview we have with Lonely, where he was kind of mentioning, if you're slowing down, if you're thinking about where to release your work and how you want to be seen, even if you would make the same amount of money off of it, and a lot of these people probably would have made similar money on FX Hash, is it worth to drop on a more like premium feeling site and not have your work sitting next to like unminted projects that are from someone who's just kind of like throwing up whatever onto the platform? Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think more about that evolution that we might be seeing in the ecosystem and also think about like, well, what does that mean for FX hash? Because I feel like right now we're not seeing that next crop of people who are getting their start here. We saw the people who got their start in late 2021, early 2022, who have gone through this amazing like career arc trajectory thing and are now having these opportunities. Where are the new ones? Where are the new people who the openness of FX hash is supposed to be enabling?
1: Hick nude.
0: <laughs> Hick nude always comes up. I know it's the meme and joke of the platform, but I think it is like something to think about from the FX Hash side too. Like if I was mm-hmm. on the FX Hash team, I would be trying to figure out like who can we bring over, who can we court to drop on the platform and get people excited about who can then be this year's MJ Lindo.
1: Ultimately that's part of the big push by FX Hash to expand the tool sets, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you have a platform that has a whole slew of features that are meaningful, that don't exist elsewhere, and there are only a handful of generative art platforms out there as well. Then you're trying to continue to entice artists and collectors to be here and to release and collect on FX hash. And so it needs to be the continuation of that particular value prop of, hey, we have FX params, don't have this anywhere else, come in and do it. And it enables this whole slew of features. And the same thing with the expendable tokens, if and when they ever get here.
0: <laughs> right. And also the collector tools, right? Like trying to make things more liquid and creating the ability for the collector base to collect and sell and trade. Like I think those liquidity tools are important too. Exactly. Artists who drop here who don't sell out their drops are then going to go like, okay, well, I'll try something else.
1: I think we're also just seeing kind of the evolution of primary prices. FX hash is great. I think when people are releasing things for... 1, to 10 Tez, you're not going to see those price points on a platform like Verse or on a platform like Artblocks. And as you have artists spending more time on their work and looking to get those higher price points, then I think these other places become a little bit more desirable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that said, I think that there's something to be said about FX Hash in particular. It's something that anybody can use. You don't need to form a relationship or a partnership with somebody else. You don't need to plan for this will re- be released in six months when this exhibition is going live.
0: Right. You don't have a due date. <laughs> exactly.
1: I think it's something where there's something very nice about the ability for an artist to go in and just be the masters of their own career, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Someone like Disrupted Star is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. They came in, they had early projects that were clearly just them kind of like experimenting and figuring out like what is generative art. They slowly moved into More quote unquote, like serious projects or things that the community got a lot more interested in, especially a lot of like early tender members were like super into some of their early 2022 work, the Spark Chambers one, stuff like that. And like you can see the openness of FX Hash, the allowance for experimentation, giving these artists a chance to find their footing, find their voice, and like develop their skills. It doesn't mean you're always going to mint out along the way, right? And so, if (laughs) that is the downside, is that if you come in and you try and do this professionally, right away and you're still kind of working your way through like how to even make generative art and like what is your style you have to be willing to take some l's in there not immediately mint your stuff out
1: that's where the whole nft community it's completely changed the paradigm of releasing art three years ago for example or maybe five years ago is a better timeline you could be a generative artist who's not one of the oogs and you're just you know hobbyist you're releasing your stuff on Instagram. Mm -hmm. it's something that you spend a lot of time in and that you love doing and you enjoy it, but there's no market, you know? And so I think it's just interesting how it's really shifted the paradigm from generative art as a passion, as a hobby, as sometimes a career for the lucky few into something that it's financialized. You know, I'm not saying that artists shouldn't get paid. I'm just recognizing that there is this paradigm shift.
0: Yeah. It's a very interesting time to be in right now. As we're maybe in the bottom of the generative art market for NFTs, maybe starting to come out with it. Or maybe we're just going to ride this bottom (laughs) for the rest of the year. Hard to say.
1: Or it just goes back to the way it was before.
0: Which would be great.
1: No, like I'm talking about way before, like when there is no, there are no marketplaces to buy and sell generative art.
0: Yeah. Well, that's my biggest fear. But
1: if that happens, what percentage of artists would just be out?
0: I think a lot of them. There's some artists, right, who we know have been making generative art for a long time they were able to realize their work through plotters and maybe they would just share it with their friends or have some limited opportunity to sell that or try to sell it digitally in all the ways that, that were available loosely before NFTs. NFTs has enabled that now. It's like the perfect marriage of this technology with this practice. But if the NFT stuff goes away, and that's my fear, like the more platforms there are, the more they're competing for the few artists that people want to collect, the less fees they're all going to collectively earn. And then the platforms themselves can't subsist if Artists are just jumping from platform to platform to platform, trying to figure out where best to sell their work. I guess I'm just worried about that domino effect, like other than Art Blocks, right? Like I imagine Art Blocks is pretty well situated.
1: Yeah, from a Fee's perspective, yeah. I would assume. And I think just the way that they do their drops and they haven't really pulled in that many FX hash artists yet. I know that we're pretty far into this episode. I just think (laughs) that the one other thing to call into mind around Verse, specifically the exhibition that all of these projects are in is called Probably All in the Mind. And with Verse, there's a lot of talk about merging or bringing in the the traditional art collectors as much as possible, and also bringing in the generative art collectors. I think it's interesting to note that there are many other collections th- that are in this exhibition that are from non-generative artists. Yes, that's true. That we don't even talk about. We don't even look at it. It's kind of outside of our aperture, not just from a podcast perspective, but from a collector perspective. And I think that there's that interesting thing to look at, like when you get the traditional art market coming in, are they going to look at the generative artists or are they going to be looking at that artist that's releasing on verse that they want to come in and collect?
0: That's a good point. So some of the other ones that they released were like this Botto project. Botto is like the Mario Klingeman AI art DAO Where people vote on how the AR evolves, and this was really successful. It was an addition piece, ten editions, and the floor is fifty seven hundred dollars right now. They sold them out at twenty five hundred. That's awesome. That's crazy, actually. Yeah, for an addition piece, that's pretty wild. I don't know what the comps on previous bottle pieces are, but that's really wild. I did look at some of these other projects, but yeah, you're right. Like, I have no idea how to talk about. This low vid thing, this small addition to piece, or the Cole Sternberg.
1: I really like the Cole Sternberg, to be honest. I think that it's really, really cool. But you're right. I just have no frame of reference.
0: This is like a mixed media photography yeah. thing. With an interesting story to it. But yeah, I have no idea how to talk about it. That is a good point. Maybe we're too hyper focused on the gen art side, but that's the side that got us interested in art in the first place. So
1: Yeah. <laughs> we're like that weird intersection of people who are not art enthusiasts or like hardcore crypto people. I feel like we just kind of fell into this. Definitely.
0: <laughs> we definitely know. did just fall into it. I'll just say I'm not like mad at verse. I think verse is great. I love mm-hmm. what verse is doing. I'm more just thinking bigger picture about, you know, there's like this ETH platform that's opening up that we'll probably talk about in the next week or two. And they have some FX hash people who are going to be a part of their Genesis drops, but that's going to be an open FX hash style Gen Art platform. We'll see. I don't know what that means for a lot of the artists here. Like, I can imagine people jumping over there right if, if that takes off and there's a lot more liquidity so there's a lot of chop a lot of uncertainty my heart just goes to like there's such a great community of people here on fx hash and i would suck to see the platform just kind of slowly dry up because we play with smaller chips on the Tezos side
1: it's like not even smaller chips Yes, the chips are smaller from a user base perspective, but the prices are getting to be the same.
0: In some cases, right? In
1: many cases. Like, I mean, I doubt that Neuteru would have released this project for 200 Tes on FXHash and been able to sell out. That part is really true. But a lot of these, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Lindo for 100.
0: Absolutely. Like, Lindo could have done 65, 100 or 100, 100 and minted out. I mean, that's one where that was like. For how few editions he did, I'm kind of surprised. But also, it was a new style of project from him. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen the whips from him over the last year and a half of these more abstract things. But it's been rare that he's actually—I can't even think of one that he's actually released. Yeah, the Lindo one just reminds me of uh, going to the eye doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing that they put on your yeah. face and they—they're sliding the lenses in and out. Like that's what it makes me think of. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's neat.
1: I'm happy to see him release something new too. So
0: for sure. Uh, did you have any pickups this week?
1: No, I was really Tezpor most of the week after going through the Zandcan. It put me down to pretty much zero. I will probably pick up, just to shout it out, one of the relatively new Thomas Noya pieces that he's been putting out on Object. So I haven't done it yet, but I plan. It's oh, right. it's the Signs of Life uh, collection. It's a bunch of 101s that they're all a flat 50. And there's some really cool things in here.
0: Thank you for reminding me of that. I had that flagged from last week to like after we sold our project with him to go pick one up yes I had a couple things this week I'll do them super quick so Mark Maurer been a while since we've had the opportunity to talk about him on the show but he had a release on foundation it was 0.017 ETH I think
1: I don't know how much that is what's that in Tez or dollars
0: I don't know actually but I had a little ETH in my wallet and I borrowed some gas money from Jarrah's and minted a three-pack I actually don't know if they're pre-curated or if they're generated on the fly. I'm not sure how the collection works, but they're more cool, like AI-ish colorways pieces, like the type of stuff i like to collect from him on Tez. And now he's moved over here, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to collect some of these. The collection's called Mind Trip. We'll put it in the show notes. There's still some available to mint. I think it's really cool. And if you look through the collector names, you'll, you'll notice a lot of people from the Tez side collecting this. But well. Like Artoria has a bunch. Jarrah's got some, et cetera, so... And then continuing on the path or on the theme of physical stuff, I actually got a physical of Let Me Fall. I think when we talked about that project, that was the one from Eric Ondwer that he had posted on Twitter, a print Mm -hmm. of it that he had done on like cloth, not on paper.
1: Did you get a cloth one?
0: Yeah. He makes his own frames. I guess he like forages wood from the surrounding area where he lives, makes his own frames and printed this piece on cloth and it looked amazing. And then he put it up on object for an auction. I won the auction and got it for like 150 Tez shipped. it was like, okay, this looks amazing. It's on cloth. It's going to come already framed up. That seems like a great deal. So super excited to get that. I just got the tracking for it yesterday. And the other physical thing I got was a uh, verse piece. So as much as Jamie always says he doesn't like physical stuff, they did this amazing book called Pathways by the artist Julian Gachadot, who also goes by Vega. I'm not sure if Vega has done anything on FX Hash, but they have a lot of... um history, just doing like plottable stuff. And so you can get the regular book for 60 bucks, or you can get like a special one of one of X editioned book that comes with a custom plotted cover and assigned for 260. And I went for the more expensive book because I okay. wanted the one-of-one one, and I've just been getting really into plotted stuff. And I think this is a really cool project. There's still 30-ish left. And if you look at the collectors of these books, it's like a lot of really big artists, a lot of really big collectors are getting these nice books. They are titled by their coordinate, so all the books come together to form one big plottable piece, which is really cool, and they're exhibited right now, I think, in the London Gallery space. It's an 11 by 11 grid, and I got the most meme coordinate possible. 6-9. Six, 6 comma 9, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. If anyone wants to, to buy my 6-9 at a premium before I cash in for the physical or, or we do some kind of trade, we can do that, but very excited to get this. And I don't know, I'm just continuing to get into like having physical stuff and like, That's building so cool. A collection of physical stuff. I can just imagine this being on the bookshelf, showing to people like get people excited by showing them cool art.
1: Put it on your coffee table, man. When is Sana going to become a generative art maxi?
0: Well, she can check out the book as soon as she'll stop trying to rip the pages out of books that we give to her. So
1: <laughs> that phase comes to an end soon. I believe I based off of my experiences with my niece.
0: Paper pages she just tries to rip, but the thicker cardboard page book she's happy to just kind of like claw at.
1: Gen art for kids. There we go. We need it.
0: All right. Top five, top three this week. Where do you want to start?
1: Let's start with Cosmic Science by Mark Webster, because it's not us. And I know that we can just riff (laughs) on us for a really long time.
0: Of course.
1: So I want to make sure we have time to talk about Mark's excellent drop.
0: Yeah, this is really cool. It dropped around the same time as the Zancan piece last week. Just after we record the show, of course, people love to release on Fridays. And it's a like moving typographic sign, very similar to Cosmic Type or in that same mm-hmm. vein. Although Cosmic Type had the actual like text in it. But I'm also just thinking too, it's Gallo that can do pieces like this. I'm, mm-hmm. Some other names are escaping me. But really cool piece inspired by the concrete poets, which I know nothing about. <laughs> so we should learn about that stuff. But what did you think of this one?
1: I actually did not pay any attention to it because I... I had a very busy Friday last weekend. I was just offline, except for the time to, to mint Zancan. That was it. Yeah. So unfortunately, this kind of just blew past me in the sales feed. But now that I'm exploring it, I love the uh, iterations with triangles, especially the triangles on a slightly lighter background. And just actually, I like all the ones that are on more like that um, papery background. I feel like they read so nicely, really getting into like that type side of things like um, number 16, even. It feels like a, pe- a sheet of paper that yep. is generated and animated and just so much fun.
0: Every time I see art like this, it falls into the category of like, I'm not really sure what the intention is, but it feels so much like art. <laughs> it feels like museum art. You know, like if you were in MoMA and you saw these on the wall, like animating, you'd be like, that's that's art. Like, that's definitely art for sure. I'm not sure what it is about it that makes me feel that way. i minted number 57 by the way, which is like a green background with white crosses and circles and lines. I always just find this stuff like really fascinating. Another piece of this reminds me of is the um, Andreas Geisen. Which one? Device One. So whereas Device One is like really flowy and can kind of sometimes, depending on the iteration, like be hard to follow, Mm -hmm. this one moves at a more like legible pace where I can kind of enjoy watching... The pieces go i mm-hmm. i think the intentions between the pieces are very different oh absolutely this one's like really grockable, whereas like the andreas pieces you kind of just get lost in them and they almost mm-hmm. do this like optical illusion to you like what is going on like they feel yeah very... it's
1: like it's pure animation but with gasky characters on like the device one side of things and i guess on all mm-hmm. of his work or most of his work this one i will keep on going back to It's a sheet of paper with things that are moving around on it, at least for the ones that have like the the actual tangible characters or symbols. Mm -hmm. The ones that are more like dots and lines and dashes, like read super differently. But it makes me think of like the future of like e-readers in a way. I don't know.
0: It does remind me of Mm e-ink. I like that comparison. It's a hard one to describe. Go check it out. It had a good amount of secondary market activity. There's only 16 listed right now. So 10%. This being pretty tightly held, but the floor is very close to mint. You can pick one up for 31 Tez right now.
1: Oh, and number 96, I didn't see this one before, has all the little hearts. (laughs) Is it for sale? It is for sale for 88.88 Tez.
0: That's a nice little Valentine's gift for someone.
1: Yeah, we'll wait 10 months and see what the floor is.
0: Nice one from Mark there, second on the platform. So, is this where we talk about our drop?
1: Let's talk about our Before drop. Before we
0: talk about Zancan, yeah.
1: Being fully clear, it's not just our drop; it's also Thomas Noya's drop. Would not be possible in any sense of the word without Thomas Noya.
0: It's at least eighty percent his drop, <laughs> I would say.
1: I mean, I guess we did do all of the episodes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, we I'm didn't like really sours of out, content. <laughs> yeah, well, how much do we wait? Like the years of episodes that went into it. So, but he did do so much work, obviously, in like getting the model made and then getting all the actual like code together to make the piece so i'm giving him mm-hmm. at least 80 percent, 20 percent on us i don't know should we just treat this like a release it was 365 editions 15 tests like how did you feel about where we arrived at the pricing and quantity
1: the quantity felt right the pricing felt at least given like the market it felt a little risky it felt a little out there but i think seeing like cosmic type do well seeing the zan can do well It was kind of reinvigorating. And you Mm -hmm. were a big advocate of the 15 TES price point. I think we had been originally thinking something around 10 or 11.
0: Well, when we first started talking about it, I was like pretty dead set on keeping it 5 TES or lower because it was before offers had been put in, a collection offers. And we had just seen so many pieces come out in like the 10 to 20 TES range and not mint out. And it was just like, oh my God, it feels impossible Mm -hmm. to sell a project. And even though we think this is super cool and we would like to think that people would support us, it's like- if the tez isn't there the tez isn't there yeah so i was really afraid but i didn't want to do 365 5 because i was like it's been over six months since we've released a project we put so much work into this that for each of us to only walk away with like a couple hundred Tez doesn't justify the amount of time and work
1: and especially considering that obviously it's art and it's amazing and it's art for art's sake and i think it's doing something super cool that hasn't been done a ton on this platform obviously there are some artists who've done a lot within like the generative tech space obviously sasha styles and nathaniel stern come to mind among others but it's also to support the show yeah it's art plus fundraiser
0: yeah i love that we were able to do 365 because it did feel so thematic with it being one year of the show, mm-hmm. one year of content, for whatever reason, maybe it was because I had so many hard seltzers at the end event, but we were at dinner after that. And I was like, let's just do 15 tests, 365. And everyone at the table seemed to think it was like possible for it to mint mm-hmm. out. It Worked out. It was great. I'm so happy. I had a favorite output here that I wanted to raise.
1: I mean, I think the correct answer is all of the outputs are amazing. Let me go dig through the the Discord messages. I'd posted all my favorites there.
0: While you dig, I'm going to shout out my favorite. And it's so apt. This was number 49, minted by World Traveler. It's a nice white type on a blue-black gradiated background. And the string that it pulled was, I am starting to think that maybe this is a Ponzi scheme. I am a fan. I am a fan. (laughs) Man, if that doesn't represent the duality of living in the Web3 space, I don't know what does. I'm glad it came out because there was over 2,000 strings in here. Only 365 are getting picked, so I'm really glad that one got selected out.
1: Well, first of all, yes, this could be a Ponzi scheme. (laughs) I like the cover for this. I don't think that that phrase got minted, which was, it could be a hidden grail. It could be a hidden grail. It could be a hidden grail, which felt very appropriate.
0: When we were discussing the cover, when you found that one... I was just like, that's perfect. It's so meta making that the cover art (laughs) for the piece.
1: There are a lot of good ones around speculators as well that we could have done. But I think my favorite, which is uh, also very much in line with what you were saying about the pricing and like how the market's behaving, it's the market is behaving like a neutered animal that we don't want to be in,
0: (laughs) which (laughs) is number 265. And that also very much feels like the times right now. Huge, huge thanks to Thomas for working with us for so long on this and making the time, training the model. He did the bulk of the work, farming the seeds, obviously all of the coding. We could not have done such a cool project without him. It sets a big bar for what our next project is gonna be. Yes. For sure.
1: And we have to start thinking about that. You know, There are a couple of tickles in my mind as to areas that we can explore, but we still have to find collaborators. We still need to kind of round out the artistic vision
0: and then, of course, big, big thanks to everyone who came out to collect, especially those who collected the multiples and helped us build momentum around the project. Everyone who shared on Twitter their favorites. It was really special. So, thank you, everyone. All right, Zan Can. Zan Can. I thought this was going to go to the bottom tier. It didn't.
1: I thought it was going to go to the bottom tier and sit, maybe not for a long time, but for a few minutes.
0: So, Zan Can, Charcoal Seeds. It was 500 editions, Dutch auction, starting at 1,000, ending at 400. It went out at 500. Pretty quick. I was trying to wait until 400 and then I saw you, amongst others, saying, oh, it's going at 500 You were watching the Tez flow. the TezFlow behind the scenes. So I jumped in. I minted my one. I could only afford the one at 500 You got two. Neither of us, I think, have cashed in the tickets, no, right? No.
1: I have some thoughts as to what I want to cash it in with. But first of all, PSA, everybody, if you're listening to this on Sunday, your ticket expires tomorrow. Don't forget to mint your ticket.
0: I'm feeling the pressure right now. This is definitely a way higher pressure mint than the others that I've done. Yes. The highest params project I've minted was like 10 Tes.
1: YYY Seed, yeah. This is a really good params project. It's it is. It's simple. You can understand what you're getting. Obviously, it's what you see is what you get, which we've talked about earlier. But this feels like the perfect amount of variability for params.
0: Yeah. To me, the most interesting part of this project, and something that people stumbled into pretty early on, was setting the growth level to zero, and changing some other stuff and getting essentially an empty construction. So looking at like-
1: Number 14.
0: Yeah, number 12, number 14. And I'm sure there's others later on that some people have opted into just making these like very geometric, flowerless, monolithless pieces. Not only when I saw people posting those as potentials to mint, but then when I saw them actually minting them, I was like, wow, like if this was a regular long form project, would Zancan have even like allowed- the algorithm to jump into that parameter space because the odds that someone who is collecting it at random would want that, right? Yeah. It would feel like a bug. It would feel like you got ripped off. Like, oh, it's a broken output. Yeah. And so I think this is such an interesting like corner case of like when you allow collectors to explore the parameters of, of the drop and find these niche things that maybe like would not have worked in a regular long form drop, but then like allowing them to actually say like, I actually think this is cool. This one's going to mm-hmm. be mine. That to me was the most interesting thing about this project.
1: I don't know what you're thinking about from like minting your own ticket, but I think that's also the most interesting area to explore from the perspective of a co-creator. Mm-hmm. There's the ability to go in with like the classic leaves and flowers and you're know, making something that looks like very beautiful and quintessentially can. but there's so much more room to explore and play. I'm very excited about this.
0: It's stressful. It is it's stressful. It's very stressful. Because once you mint it, that's like your 500 spent. And I know I'm probably not going to be listing this, flipping it. You know, I've only got my one. I want to make sure I mint one. That's really good. Like, So I've gone through a couple phases. Like I was really interested in getting a kind of like half grown or third grown piece, the sun mode. So it's like concentric circles. And then mm-hmm. when you play with the settings on the line, the composition, you can get like the line to follow a lot of that. So you can kind of like mm-hmm. construct the sun in a way and have it pouring sun rays onto you. So I thought that that was really cool. But scrolling through, you see so many really excellent compositions.
1: Right now, my mind is closest to something aligned with number 133, minted by Stephen Basement. This is really similar to a lot of the images that were on the wall from the works in progress side of things at Art Matter. Yeah. Where it's like the extreme amounts of crosshatching, very little, actually almost no floral arrangement at all. No sky either. It's like almost pure monolith and ground. To me, like that's interesting because it's so geometric. It's so cool. And it's something that Zanken was clearly playing with, like from a plotability perspective, when you yeah. see the works in progress.
0: This one is cool too because the way the line draws, it almost looks like a signature in the corner. Yeah. This is a really, really interesting
1: output. Yeah. And required a lot of playing around to find that, like that one flower in the corner, or else the line would have drawn elsewhere really cool you know i think other things that look really interesting and with some of the sky patterns as you said you can explore a lot number 95 which actually sold for 744 which seems very low given how like unique this is
0: yeah it's a black and white output
1: with a rain cloud uh, above the flowers it feels very unique in that particular sense like i like that more than like the radiating sunrise in many respects if you look at you know, the project itself, and this is a cool thing dangerous thing that you can do with the params tickets, is trying to engineer rare ones based off of what has or has not been minted so far.
0: How would you go about doing that?
1: You would go through each of the traits and see which of the ones have not really been selected. Obviously, some of the ones like paper or format, you can only get randomly the rare ones like the pinks and the blacks.
0: So if we look at format only... Nine people have chosen wide landscape.
1: Wide landscape you can only get if you choose random. random. Yeah, but if you look at the other ones, nobody's really picked small square. And if you look at background pattern, which is where you get the sky, Mm -hmm. most people pick sun. It's just slightly overrepresented. Interesting. But rain gives you a lot of interesting things to play with.
0: To me, I guess it's the type of thing where you have to think about if you have multiple tickets. But if you're just minting one for yourself and you don't intend to sell it, right, then you just Mm -hmm. don't necessarily factor in rarity. I don't know.
1: I guess you don't. It's about what feels right to you. And I'm betting that what you choose to do with this ticket is very dependent on how many other Zancans do you own. Because I have other pieces from Zancan, I mean, not a ton, I'm less interested in going with the classic grassy look. You know, I have that. I don't need more of that. Mm. But being able to play with it, like the parametric space in a way that generates something unique. And now I'm looking at number 327, which was minted by Art Ralgo, just pure art. You know, it looks like stacks. Oh wow. It's, it's just yeah. like fooling fully playing with the line and how the line interacts with the sky background.
0: You're gonna play with this and try to do just a full empty. I'm not gonna a full it?
1: empty. I'm considering it, but like something within this more abstract. Less mm-hmm. representational framework is, I think, way more interesting to play with.
0: I think for you as someone who has two, that would be a cool. I'll to probably make...
1: bo- do both in that direction.
0: Or to make a diptych, right? Like make one yeah. that's like columns and flowers and then make another that's much more minimal and abstract, but tries to complement that as something that you could pursue.
1: I might be in the market for selling one to cover costs. So that's where part of me wants to set the background.
0: So you're going to try to sell the minted one or are you are going to try to just sell a ticket? I'm curious to know what the ticket market is going to be like for this mm. one. There's already over 300 exchanged. I feel like the sentiment on this project is extremely positive. There's always the typical, like whenever a Zancan project comes out, is this different enough? But I think this one in particular, the use of params, the variety that people are achieving, playing with them, the sentiment on this is extremely positive. I could see there being a strong market for an unminted ticket. Maybe not immediately, but over time.
1: That's true. Like the ticket economy is a whole other place to play. You see a lot of them... Just for 500, just because nobody updated the price. But they're quite a number for a thousand or so. And, you know, I'd have to do the math on.
0: If I do 2000 on my ticket and I want another 30 days.
1: It actually is quite expensive.
0: That's 86 tests. Okay, so that's a lot.
1: Yeah. And you have to pay that up front. And so yes. it doesn't really let you go back and change it. And if you go back and change it, you'll be looking at a loss. So
0: Maybe it's better to cash it in.
1: And that's where do you try to get the pink to try and cover?
0: Well, that's the other part we haven't talked about. Do you like that pinks and the blacks are still, you have to risk it to try to get them? Do you like that?
1: Yeah, I like it in this context or else everybody would be making pinks and blacks, right? It sucks that there's that lottery mechanism. And I'm sure that a lot of people got colorways that did not look good with what they were trying to go for but maybe that's the gambling nature of generative art, right? We lost so much of that play and that joy that people missed with the params where it's just like you don't know what you're going to get and that's part of the wonder. And so having parts of it be random reincorporates that, the gacha game.
0: I don't know if everyone would do black and pink, to be honest.
1: It definitely changes the market. It impacts the market quite a bit because there's some pieces that there's a premium on, which in some respects really puts downward pressure on all of the other ones.
0: Yeah, at least for now. I'm trying to think of if I had the choice, would I be minting a black or a pink one? I don't know. I guess it would really depend on how good it looked and if it was strictly better. Because like, I I usually gravitate towards the white and the sketchbook. When I look at um Bugged Forest, like, those are my favorite outputs. Mm. Even though I know that people want the pink and the red and the black and white. Yeah. I rarely think they look better.
1: It depends on some of the other things that you're putting into your params. For example, I'm interested in playing with low to no ink horizon. Mm -hmm. With that on black, it actually doesn't pop because there's none of that pure white ink to pull out from the black background. Everything kind of shows up as like that hatchy gray. Yeah, It's a look and some people like that look. I don't know if it's my favorite. (laughs) If I wanted to gamble for pink to sell, I would also risk having that slightly undesired outcome.
0: Mm. A lot to think about. Next episode, we'll have our minted ones <laughs> to share. But I mean, look like compared to everything that we talked about above in the episode, it was awesome to see Zancan release it on FX Hash and do a prams project. Even though he seemed ambivalent about doing one when we talked to him in that FX Fam episode, I think the allure of like the what you see is what you get and some of the changes that they were able to make on the platform encouraged him into doing this, which is awesome. And it was a huge shot of liquidity on the platform, and I think like interest, so it was great to see.
1: I think people loaded up for it. Which is maybe more the liquidity. It's still not that far from mint price.
0: Definitely people loaded up or people came over. Oh. We saw some just like Anon wallets who have nothing else in their collection who minted like six tickets. Like we definitely saw new people come over and they're spending, and that Tez is now like in the ecosystem somewhere. Yeah. It's definitely good. And that that's sense. True. Well, I'm excited for us to share our mints next week. Hopefully neither of us lose our tickets <laughs> in the meantime. Should we just do a quick shout out and looking ahead and wrap this piece of an episode?
1: Yeah, I have yeah. childcare to get to. I know, but I know. We have a quick shout out to Ella for Coalescence. 256 edition, Six has sold out pretty quickly. Really great price point. And this is an incredibly cool animated piece that has interactive particle systems that creates like this amazing... 3d-esque like filigree i don't know if you've looked through these a lot but watching them render them, yeah. it's it is like so hyper realistic i love it
0: it's amazingly performative mm-hmm. the thumbnails are great some of them are very cute esque like i think this is an awesome project it had a ton of turnover too like great secondary market sale mm-hmm. even though the floor is like still close to mint it had a lot of volume i'm definitely gonna look into getting one or two of these now that the market's up. like some of the ones around the floor are really nice
1: You know, a lot of the floor pieces are, you know, more of like that, the browns are like maybe it's more of like less brown. It's like a copper. Mm -hmm. Apparently you could just let these sit and render for a really long time and it just keeps on slowly growing and morphing and animating and it's just insane.
0: Awesome piece. All right. Looking ahead, we have Sasha Styles and Nathaniel Stern with an Art Blocks curated drop coming up on the 26th. It's called Still Moving. This is a piece where you have to have your camera on. It's like an incredibly interactive, probably first of its kind, generative art project. I don't I can't think of any one that we've ever used where you have to have your camera on to get the full effect. No. But that's super cool.
1: I think it's the first one that we've seen that has any sort of user input other than like keyboard.
0: Pretty wild. Then the fact that they fit it all into like the on-chain requirements for art blocks is pretty interesting. We've already seen some people sweeping their FX hash projects in anticipation of this one.
1: It's very high concept for art blocks.
0: It's really high concept, which is that's good. I'd like to see them taking a risk it's like a that, risk. especially.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And then on Verse, we have some more artists that we know coming over there. So the, this next one called Replacement features Lander Herzog, Anna Maria Caballero, Mario Klingemann, and probably some others.
1: That's coming up later this week. And it's also a pseudo collaboration with Fake Whale. It's a movement that is looking to empower the web 3 space. And so there's a really strong theme with replacement. So you know if you read through the description on the verse page, a lot of it has to do with the concept that like let's say you had an actual art gallery that had installations, paintings, sculptures and then that was all burned in a fire burned
0: down yeah the story is crazy. And then there's another one coming up after that called reconciliation with the living part two with some more great artists. I'm sure we'll talk about all that stuff in a future episode. We got to wrap this one. Well, thank you Trinity as always for recording. Thank you everyone for listening. That's it for this one. We'll be back again next week. Bye.